Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, are we still going? Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're in. We're in. I thought that was the end of the podcast. I thought, God, we've covered a lot of ground in those... <laughs> I tell you what, these WTB podcasts are brilliant because you just, they switch it on and then they're off again. It's absolutely great. (laughs) Welcome to Women Talking Bollocks, a podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utter lot bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric, Maureen Younger, and the dashing, kind, charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith. Before we begin, thanks to our new patrons, Hannah and... Andrea. You are very welcome onto the WTB train. We love and adore you. Here's a big fat kiss. Mwah! We'll talk about our week in a sec, but I had I heard something really interesting that I thought as comedians, this is really interesting. So I'm listening to a podcast right now called The Happiness Lab. It's a professor who was like, she was wondering why it was that her students, once they got their dream positioning at Harvard, then got really depressed. And, you know, these things that are supposed to make us happy, why sometimes do they not? Like, what is the search for happiness? So I've been listening to this podcast and she talked to this one golfer. And it was really interesting because there's a thing that golfers do not talk about and it's called the yips. Have you ever heard of this? Mm-mm. No. The yips. Leanne's laughing. The yips is the first time as a golfer where you really hit that moment where you doubt yourself and you feel fear and then you learn that that can creep in at any point. You know, the yips. So then it's like you kind of, it's like comedians, you know, when you kind of like, sometimes you go through phases where like you're being a comic and you're doing things like you normally, but it just, it's not going like it did for a while. And then you get that weird self-doubt that creep. You got a case of the yips. It's the yips. So I think in Edinburgh, a shitload of comics are just walking around with the yips on their shoulder. Like <laughs> it's gotta be good. It's gotta be good. So I think the Edinburgh festival is a yip festival is what I think. Oh, I think you're right. But that's why I always say, to young comedians who are starting out, or not necessarily young, but new comedians starting out, is don't rush to get to Edinburgh. Don't rush. Take your time. Wait 21 years is what I recommend. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, certainly Alison's waited 21 years. You don't need to go in your first three years because you haven't got an hour. And even when you've got an hour, 
it might not be a good hour. <laughs> so 2012 was a real lesson to me. I probably had about 30, 40 minutes. And also I did this thing where I was like, oh, I've done this material before. I'm not allowed to do it in Edinburgh. And then it was like, I've never done it in a show. Of course I'm allowed to do it in Edinburgh. So anyway, I had all of these stupid hangups about what the rules were, about what you could and couldn't do to be the best comedian possible. And basically I should have just put in all the stuff that was good and it would have made it a better show but ultimately the yips is once you've decided that you're not very good or you're not very funny you're absolutely right then it's it's a kind of a self-fulfilling then you are just <laughs> you are on stage in a pair of red tights watching people slow clap you off stage and it let me tell you that is <laughs> that does wake me up at three o'clock in the morning every now and again but genuinely on another note, I do think, and, and I would say this because uh, I've, to justify all of these horrific experiences I've have, had over my career, is that all of these times that you are doubting yourself or you do have a shit time or, or people don't think you're great, they do make you a better comedian. Because let me tell you, I have never turned up to Edinburgh again without feeling 100% like I love my show. So if critics hate it, or if the audience don't like it or whatever, I can say to myself, this is the best I can do. Now, if you don't like it, I don't know what else I can do. And that is the thing that I kind of think, not makes me bulletproof, because I'm not bulletproof by any stretch of the imagination, but makes it possible for me to go back on stage, is to love what I'm doing. And I think the problem with 2012 is, is that the doubt crept in, and I kind of knew the audience were right. <laughs> that was the, that and every day you're like, here we go. Yippity, yip, 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 yip. Yeah. All you can do as a comedian is make the best show that you can make. And then when the yips creep in, go, the yips are wrong because I am correct. Yeah. Then it's a matter of learning how to deal with the yips. So actually sometimes getting that can be um, can be a really good thing. Anyway, let's, let's, how is everyone's week, guys? Well, I, I, I was gigging. I was gigging again. Yay. Hey. I emceed the backyard, which I do love. I do love as a gig. And it was absolutely lovely. You know, when you're just like, oh, I love it. It was such a fantastic time. So I had a fun time there. And I did another gig in a very posh part of the world in Chelsea. In where? Chelsea. I think that's how they pronounce it. It's in Oxfordshire. A uh, very smart village hall. It wasn't really a village hall. It was this big thing. Great hall. But yeah, that was nice. I find Oxfordshire looks the same to me. I did a gig with Leanne, actually. We did a gig in Henley. And then I drove through Marlow. And I was like, is this Henley again? Is every direction <laughs> you go, Henley? It just... <laughs> Marlowe looks like Henley, and imagine Henley looks like Chelsea. <laughs> I did do a boat trip once in Henley. My God, and you look, you go, you kind of go past the houses, and you're like, mate, that one room is like the size of my flat. There's a lot of teeth in Henley. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of teeth and boat shoes. Listen, I think it's absolutely okay to punch up. These people are doing a okay. We don't need to worry about people that live in Henley and Marlowe. Anyone living in Henley and Marlowe going? Actually, I've got the normal amount of teeth, Jen Brister. Could you please stop <laughs> slagging us off? I would say get a grip in your million pound farmhouse in the middle of the Oxfordshire County. Blah, blah, blah. I think you can take the dig. Well, that sounds great, Maureen. Yeah, I had a real fun, uh, particularly on the Friday, was just, you know, when you're emceeing and it's on, you're having a ball and then they're asking me to do longer than I normally do then. I was like, okay, fine by me. <laughs> oh, it's been a long time since anyone asked me to do longer. <laughs> <laughs> What about you guys? How was your weeks? Absolutely nothing exciting. Um, I'm, as you know, taking a brief hiatus off work. And But Chloe took the children to camping again. And I said, I am not going. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I stayed at home alone 
for the weekend. It was amazing. I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you right now. I don't remember the last time that in my own house I'm talking about, not just in some like travel lodge somewhere, where I have been alone with all the stuff that I love around me in my house. I woke up Saturday morning and I was giddy. I went into my kitchen and went, this is my kitchen. There's nobody here. And I had made myself a pot of coffee, not just a coffee that I half drank because it got cold because I had to play Lego halfway through. And then I made myself a fried breakfast. And I just lounged around. I read a book. Then I went for a swim. Then I came back, just sort of bobbed about around the house, did some admin. Then I got a takeaway. Oh, my God. I just And then I watched a movie. Can you imagine a day such as that? Oh, my God. I gave that day five stars. <laughs> my TripAdvisor review for staying in my own home, five stars. Five stars? I'd definitely do it again. You had your own little staycation, Jen. You had a staycation. Thank you, Alison. That is exactly what I had. I had a staycation because I stayed at home and I did everything I wanted to at home. A staycation. Thank you very much. It was glorious. And and I don't think I could beat. I peaked at 2021. That's it. I peaked. That's it. <laughs> What about you, Alison? Well, everyone, uh, Bear turned one on June 4th, so we celebrated Bear's first birthday. Did he get a cake? He did get a cake. He got a doggy cake and he had a little candle and yeah. And we also bought him a car seat, so he went on his very first ride in like a car seat. So he's growing up. I've kept an animal alive for a year, everyone. I feel very accomplished. Can you not just bung dogs in the car like you used to? Do you have to do them? Are they meant to go in a seat now? You can bung them in the car, but it's just a matter of an accident. You know, it's like kids. You can bung them in if you want, but you know, eventually the law was like they might die. And so I think they do that with animals too. Ooh. Okay. Yeah, it's good to try to keep them alive. Um, Alison, happy birthday to Bear. You didn't put anything on Instagram, did you? You put it on Twitter, I think. I thought I put it on Instagram. I can't oh. see anything on Instagram. Which might explain why we didn't see it. But also Maureen has muted us both, so that also <laughs> might explain why. This might be why. Yeah. So Maureen doesn't see any of our posts. And if you're not following Alison's Instagram, do. Uh, you can find Alison on... Alison J. And it's a weird spelling, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-J. Follow Alison on Alison J for all the bear updates. Every now and again, you'll get uh, a, a little v- a video that uh, Alison will stick up. It's fun times. And if you want to look at pictures of uh, uh, salad niçoise uh, and Maureen's electrics, <laughs> then you can follow Maureen Younger uh, on her uh, Instagram account. <laughs> And if you just want absolutely dull pictures of me coming out of the sea, uh, then you can follow me. <laughs> Jembrister Comedy. Not Jembrister, but Jembrister Comedy. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we have had a bumper week. Never has so much happened in so little time for the three of us. Congratulations. And it should, and it's only right that it should happen on episode 4040. It's our 40th episode, guys. I got excited when I saw that. I was like, oh, 40. Hey, listen, 10 more episodes till we hit to 50, which is our half century podcast and let me tell you there's gonna be fireworks for that one uh, uh we'll have to think of something won't we we'll make we'll make it exciting <laughs> god now you've given us a standard to meet in 10 <laughs> all right we got we got 10 weeks to think of it so i'm excited i don't want to push on but you you've teased me and i'm excited about this jen introduce the next section because i want to hear it i want to hear it oh my god i don't know if you do need to hear this but i've i've already heard it and i don't know if i can bear to hear it again but it's time I'm going to close my internet. Don't close my internet, Maureen. <laughs> I'm at my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I'm pretty mad.
makeup on. Oh, for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. We might have to push your boundaries out of it, okay? <laughs> okay, um, ironically, earlier that day, I've been thinking, what happens if I run out of Be More Maureen moments? But fear not, because the Be More Maureen came along a few hours later. I was walking home. And I saw these a group of people in my front garden on the path. I was like, who are these people? I didn't recognise them. What are they standing in my path for? So I go to the gate. I'm quite arsy, I have to admit. I was like, why are you on my path? Why are you standing on my path? I want to get, because I had shopping in my hand. I want to get to my door. You're just blocking my way. Why are you there? Who are you? And they just stared at me. And I was like, what are you just staring at me for? Why don't you just, why are you in my path? Why are you, why are you blocking my way to my own house? And then I realised it wasn't my house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Also, when Maureen told me the story, let me tell you, there was a lot more aggression to the why. It wasn't why you're standing in my path. It was, what are you doing on my property? Why are you just looking at me? Because obviously they're looking at me because some strange woman is shouting at them for having the temerity to stand in their own garden. Why are you just looking at me? Is that what you said to them? (laughs) Because they were just looking at me like I was a nutter. I'm like, why are you just looking at me? Obviously they're looking at me and not saying anything because some mad woman has just started shouting at them. And then I had, as soon as I realised it wasn't my house, went, I had a like 360 degree personality change. I went, oh, it's not even my house. Silly me. And walked off. A full 180, <laughs> definitely. Well, Maureen, I very much, um, I can't say enjoyed that story. I listened to it and I, and I, I didn't quite know what to do with my face. I wasn't sure what face <laughs> I was supposed to give Maureen at the time. I was like, hmm. well, I mean, this could happen to anyone that you just walk up to a house that isn't your house and shout at the people in front of their house and say, what are you doing in front of my house when it's not your house? I mean, that, that I'd love to say that could happen to any of us, but I'll be honest with you. I think it could only happen to Maureen. Um, but in Maureen's defence, in Maureen's defence, she's had a very, very, very trying time recently. And I think it's very easy for any one of us, and I include myself in this, in fact, I put myself at the top of the list, to crack and suddenly lose it at just at that moment that's completely the wrong moment to lose it. I was just vaccinated, so I'm going to blame the vaccination, but I have been very, very stressed. But the thing is, you know, as you know, I've had scaffolding outside my house since mid-Feb. So, I mean... They don't have scaffolding. Their door is white. My door is blue. I mean, there's a few little things that you'd go and go. Well, it's a completely different address, Maureen. I think that's that's the key, isn't it? It's just a different house and a different place. What I love is that nobody went, what are you doing shouting at me in front of my house? They just they just took it. Like British people would. <laughs> well, because they obviously thought I was a mad woman, isn't it? They probably thought, don't, don't upset the mad woman. <laughs> don't engage. Yeah. I don't mean to laugh at it, but I love that you just like unleashed on unknowing people and then just went, oh, oh my, oh goodness. All right. Well, so I was so in the wrong. I was so utterly in the like hundred percent in the wrong. Well, I'm glad you got that anger out on someone that's irrelevant in your life. Is that, I'm glad you threw it down on somebody else. Well, Maureen, thank you very much for your beat, more Maureen. I'm sure the people will be listening going, listen, we've all we've all been there. We've all cracked at some point at the wrong time. And that was just your moment. And thank you for having the courage, Maureen, to share that with us on our WTB podcast. We need them. Wait, listen, we need them. But now, of course, we must head over to the corner in the bottom left hand of my Zoom screen. It's Alison and it's time to ask Alison. Go to the gym, get it together, pay your taxes and stop eating chips. Take my advice.
take my advice. I ain't using it. Oh, well, this week, our problem. I am an advice columnist who is having problems getting people to write in. <laughs> That's right, everyone. Well, you know, I guess I could look at it like it's not a problem because I've solved all the problems, I guess, is what's happened, everyone. And you're welcome. You're welcome, everyone. All problems are solved. But, it, it, you know, I was like, okay, well, this week, no new fresh problems. Okay, that's all right. So so that's our problem this week, guys. I, I We got no problems. So uh, I'm, I'm going to deal with it like I deal with all problems, and we're going to break it down. I started to think, well, why? Maybe why, why do people not write in problems? Maybe people are out and about, right? The weather's changed, and g- good on y'all. I'm glad that you're enjoying the positivity, right? Good. That be out and about. You don't need to dwell on your problems. I'm I'm pleased for you. Good for you. So maybe that's maybe that's one thing this week. Maybe it's too much work for you to contact me. I was thinking about this. Is it hard? Is it hard to write an email? You know, you can also tweet me, which is why I'm glad Jen. Actually, we didn't even plan this. You brought up the Twitter, my Twitter account. You could tweet me. You could direct message me. My name is Allison June Smith. You can find me. You just, if you don't want to look up the email and WTB, if it's on your mind, you could just directly. I don't mind that. Go right ahead. If I, uh, if, if I really was up for it, I'd say write letters to my home. But you know, this isn't 1940, and I don't need you knowing my home address. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that, everyone. I also am not gonna put my phone number out there, although. Part of me was like, you know, no, Allison, don't do it. I had to talk myself out of that one. So there are other ways to just reach out real quick. Maybe people don't want to say their problems because it's hard to, they still got to like what? They have an email address. I'm going to know who they are. Maybe they're, maybe they're nervous about exposing their problems. Maybe they want a little bit of anonymity. Well, hey, listen, if you figured out how to listen to a podcast, go ahead and make yourself a fake email. I don't give a shit. Make a fake email and write into me. Or, hey, guess what, everyone? If you tell me it's your friend that has this problem, I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to be like, listen, Sarah, I know it's you that's suffering with a rash. I don't, we haven't had that problem yet, if anyone has a rash. But uh, write in for, you know, say it's for someone else. I don't care. Write in for someone else. We've all got that friend who is dealing with some stuff, and maybe they're stuck in a rut, and they're going on about it, and you don't know what else to say. Hey, throw up my way. I'll do a little bit of looking into it. I'll help you out. You don't even have to tell them you wrote me. I'll just give you some info and you could try and use it on them. Oh, maybe you keep forgetting to send in. You're like, oh, I have a problem, but I keep forgetting to send it in. Here's here's what I used to tell kids when you need to remember it, because I used to be a teacher. Not, not just randomly telling children on the street things. Okay, I didn't do that, everyone. I used to be an educator. And if there was like an exam or if there's something coming... <laughs> Please don't judge me. This is why I don't teach anymore. I used to say to the kids, look, if you think you're going to forget something, don't write it on your hand. Write it further up on your arm. That way when you go to bed at night and you take off your clothes, it's on your arm and you can remember. Which I thought, oh, great, I do that all the time. And then a girl went home one day and got in trouble for writing on her arm and came back the next day and was like, don't worry, Miss Smith, I didn't tell them that you told me to do it. I was like, ooh, thanks. <laughs> so so you could you could write on yourself, memento it, as I like to call it. Write, write, write that down and then, you know, maybe that'll help you remember it. So maybe you don't have a problem or, or maybe uh, a, a person, people close to you don't have any, like, pertinent problems, but maybe you've just overheard one. The whole purpose of this is the more information that we get out there, look, we're helping one another. This is what I think. The more we share problems, the more we talk about it. So by you just throwing something out there, you might be really helping someone. Think of it that way, everyone. Maybe it's not engaging enough. So here's what I thought. Maybe on the WTB Facebook page, maybe what we'll do is I'm going to list all the problems we've had so far. 
And if anyone out there thinks they have any advice for any of those problems, send it on in. And then maybe we'll do an episode where I just go through and go, here's some advice for past problems. Not my advice, but hey, we'll throw it out. Maybe we need to open that up a little bit because you know what it is? It's take my advice. I ain't using it. We all need to share advice because we're not taking our own. So let's let's kind of let's share a bit, guys. So I, I'm gonna put the uh, I'm gonna put the problems out, and uh, maybe we'll do that a couple episodes. Ladies, do you have anything you want to add to that? I mean, do, do... Allison, I don't want to hear anyone else giving advice. I'm here for <laughs> ask Allison only. And I'm gonna say, look, we knew this was gonna happen, but we're gonna make an appeal to our listeners. Listen, you're listening. I don't right now. You listening? Maybe you have got a problem. Okay. You think it's like, it's not a big problem. I don't need to ask Alison this about this problem. Hey, listen, stick it on an email, ask Alison. Who knows? That little problem could at some point snowball into a big problem. Nip it in the bud and ask Alison and she will help you. This is free. Listen, you can go out and pay for this. Yeah, if you don't need to. I've got Alison June Smith here for you. All you need to do, send us an email to womentalkingbollocks at gmail.com. Put ask Alison in the subject and... Alison will deal with your problem. Or you could send a message on Instagram or send Alison a tweet if you want to, if you don't mind having your problem public. Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Put it out there, tweet it. I found a little growth on my, no, not for Twitter. Uh, put it uh, um, on, on, the old, on the old gram and, uh, and Alison will be able to deal with that. There we are. Because look, this is a real dream of mine. I was actually going to send you guys a little picture, but two years ago, you know how Facebook always does that. Two years ago today, my daily status was, I hope to one day in my life be able to have an advice show where I could help people with their problems. And I would call it, take my advice, I ain't using it. So everyone, I have been wanting to do this for a really long time. And like, I'm here for you. Make my dream come true. Let's share our problems. Oh, Alison, look at that. I'm wishing on a star. But if everyone just had a nice week and you just didn't want to set, that's okay too. I don't want to pressure you. Well done if your things are going great. But I, lo- I just love that all of our listeners are so f- high functioning. I'm so glad you're all. Please give me problems so I don't face my own, actually, is what I'm saying to you all right now. Alison, thank you very much for your Ask Alison. Let's, fingers crossed that we have a problem <laughs> next week. Um, <laughs> Otherwise, I'll just go through mine. And... <laughs> be a long podcast. <laughs> I'll go through them one at a time, week by week. But uh, I think after a while, people will just send in their problems just so they don't have to hear from mine. Oh, God. <laughs> what is the show called? Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah. Okay. Is everyone happy with that? <laughs> 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Now we're into TV stuff. I've been watching, which I'm guessing you two haven't, I watched Leonardo on Amazon, which is like one of their series there series they made it's had scathing reviews absolutely awful reviews it stars it stars Aidan Turner of Paul Dark fame as Leonardo da Vinci oh so I wondered why you were watching it <laughs> yeah what brought her in what brought her in what the hot bloke from Paul Dark that always has his shirt off oh yeah that I think the two main problems are in the thing the hook that they they put the story on is the fact that Leonardo has been arrested for murdering this woman which is and he might be hung. Uh, of course, he was never arrested for this. this. They've made this up. And also they give him this kind of platonic love affair with this woman who's who features a lot. Again, it's all been made up. So the two main threads that hold the story together are completely fictitious. To be fair, people don't really know much about Leonardo da Vinci. They suspect now he was gay, primarily because he got arrested for sodomy. I think that's a clue. <laughs> Listen, I'm no Miss Marple, but I am going to put it out there that that is a hint. To be fair, he was released. He was released. He wasn't found guilty. It actually wasn't taken to court. But the thing is, I mean, Aidan Turner's actually a very good actor. I saw him on, at the theatre in the Lieutenant Ishmore. He was fantastic. But I think he's been directed to just look gloomy. Well, he's in the closet. I mean, of course he's gloomy. I mean, I watched it. I don't think it was as bad as people say. I mean, it's not. I mean, but, you know, it's historical drama. It's not meant to be. It's not a documentary series. It's not meant to be historically accurate. It's not meant to be good, is it? Well, no, but do you know what I mean? I think it's for Bubblegum TV. And if you like Aidan Turner, though he does have a big beard for a lot of the... The reviews were really scathing. I don't think it's as bad as people are saying, but it's not. I don't think it'd be a classic. It's not I, Claudius. I think the quality of television now is so through the roof, like the the kind of programmes that are being uh, released on TV for the last sort of 15. Because they can afford the money, yeah, the money behind it. And they're they're putting so much more emphasis on great stories and great scripts. I think there's a lot of money was spent on this. I mean, it's, it's got very high production values. It looks very glossy. There was a time where that would do really well. But if the writing isn't there, it just can't compete with other shows. I think the issue is you don't really know that much about Leonardo da Vinci. You know, you know a few things, but you don't, like his private life and stuff like that. You don't really know, so it's all going to be made up. And they, and also they've got to they've got to create a drama where perhaps there wasn't one. Well, I mean, I don't mind that if it's a good story. But yeah. if the story that they've invented is crap, <laughs> that's what I have a problem with. I mean, there is a clever twist because you about the murder, and then you you know it it all gets revealed. So that actually the the actual plot, like the the plot, the arc, if you like, is actually I thought was quite interesting. But yeah, it's it's on Amazon. I'm not sold, Moyne. No, I I don't think it's your kind of program. John. I'm going to say it's not for me. 
I'll just add that to the list of shows uh, that aren't for me, Maureen. I mean, I already indulged five series of a show that isn't for me with you, um, and I've I've drawn a line under it. Yeah, I've drawn a line under all of those shows. I've been sort of uh, in a state of grief. Um, there's no uh, Mayor of Easttown. That's over now. Was it good to the bitter end? Yes, it was. Monday night, I I, I had no Mayor of Easttown uh, Monday, and uh, I'll be honest with you, my Monday night was crap because Kate Winsent wasn't in it. So... Yeah, it's fine. I've, I've moved on. I did watch a couple of films. I watched a film the other night called The Night Clerk, and I think it's you can get it on uh, Netflix. Netflix have got a, a whole raft of um, indie films, which unless you know to search for them, because I constantly just get cartoons, Netflix goes, oh, the Madagascar 3, or yeah, <laughs> Paw Patrol Series 6 is on, Ninjago, the, the movie. I'm like, oh, for God's sake. So I don't get any of my algorithms don't tell me, hey, look at this great... But I watched this movie. I'm thinking of ending things. It's a Charlie Kaufman movie. And if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. But then once you've watched it, do a deep dive in what the movie's about. And then you'll enjoy it on a different level. But watching the movie, it's quite, I suppose it is quite dark and it is quite weird. But I absolutely love this film. I recommended it to lots of people who hated it. <laughs> And were actually angry that I'd suggested it. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you suggested this film. Anyway, because of that, just randomly, Netflix said to me, because I was scrolling properly through, because I had the, the, the Saturday to myself, it said, oh, you've watched, I'm thinking of ending things, maybe you'd like to watch. And then there were all these incredible indie films, which I didn't know Netflix had. And randomly, I picked The Night Clerk. It's about a, a young guy with Asperger's who works as a night clerk in a hotel and because he has Asperger's he really struggles to interact with people and doesn't really know how to respond when people talk to him and doesn't know what to say so he naughtily has set up these cameras in rooms to watch people and how they behave and how they interact and then watches them and mimics them so he'll watch them on on camera and he'll hear them pick up the phone and go oh hey babe how are you and so you'll hear him go oh hey babe uh, how are you you know, so that then when he's interacting with people, he uses phrases. It's not for pervy reasons, although it is a little bit weird. But this is the way this young man is trying to find a way of integrating better in society as somebody who, you know, is aspergic and obviously neurologically just responds differently to the way that you and I do. Anyway, he witnesses, of course, a murder. Now, this movie, in theory, when you watch the trailer, you go, wow, this looks super like it's going to be really exciting and da 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 is one of the slowest films I've ever watched. I mean, it's slow with Valium. And, you know, whilst whilst there are some uh, good uh, performances, there is a relationship with, the, there is a young woman who comes to the hotel and you worry that a similar thing is going to happen to her that happened to this other woman earlier on in the movie. And it's his relationship with her. And I, I don't know how I felt about the whole film. I feel like the way autism is portrayed on movies is a bit one-dimensional. It's like, oh, you're the guy that just remembers things. It was a bit Rain Man. And was, uh, we know autism and Asperger's, you know, any one person with Asperger's isn't the same and any one person with autism isn't the same. And I feel like we need to mix it up about understanding about what autism is and how people respond and how people behave. That said, it doesn't hurt to have a depiction of autism on film. I wonder if it's possible to have autistic actors. That's the only thing I would say. Is that possible? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, is there any reason why someone with autism couldn't act? 
I don't know. That is something that we're at a point that we should perhaps be doing. That aside, I still didn't enjoy the movie. So I, I, I don't know if you could try it. You might like it. I just, I, I, it just, it kind of irritated me a little bit. But there we are. In other news, I watched another film, which you can, it's available on Amazon Prime. It's free of charge if you have Prime. It's called Secret in Their Eyes. Uh, and it has, um, ch- I, listen, apologies if I'm pronouncing his name wrong. It's, uh, is it Chiwetel Ejiofor? Is that correct? You might know him of uh, 12 Years a Slave and Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts. And it's a movie called Secret in Their Eyes. What a terrible name for a movie. Secret in Their Eyes. What does that even mean? Doesn't mean anything, does it? Also, it is the title of a film you'll never remember. Once you finish listening to this WT pod, you'll go, I might check out that movie that Jen Brister suggested on Amazon Prime. You won't remember the name. I've had to look it up six times. Even as I was, <laughs> even just before I was going, oh, I'll, I'll tell them about the books, um, the movie, is it, what's it called again? Anyway. I was just saying the most unfortunate title is the Robert Redford, actually it's quite good, Robert Redford and Jane Fonda film, which I'm going to say it slowly, Our Souls in the Night. But if you say it as a British person, it just says Our Souls in the Night. <laughs> <laughs> right, to be fair, you're not going to forget that name, are you? Uh-uh. You're not going to forget the title Our Souls in the Night. Oh, that's brilliant. They really didn't think that one through at all. Can you imagine <laughs> at the British premiere? And here we are at the premiere of Our Souls in the Night with Jane Fonda. And- <laughs> I would have made that into a drinking game at that premiere. It's, actually a, really, it's actually a really good movie. I would recommend well, it. To listen, honest. I love I love both of them uh barefoot in the park one of my faves mm. this on the other hand hmm, i saw it's kind of I, it's a drama i suppose that i could be considered a thriller the start of it is the very beginning is bleak and the ending is bleak and it's bleak in the middle so it's bleak 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 and bleak but those are two films that i watched and i can honestly say if you didn't watch either of those films for the rest of your life it'd be okay look if we are all together and I make a suggestion for a film, ignore me because <laughs> I was alone in these, this decision making for both those. And yeah, they were both fails. Let's see if Alison comes up with a better horror movie suggestion. I appreciate that you say that almost trying to be honest, Maureen, knowing very well that she's like, I, I will watch never. It. I know exactly, but I like your enthusiasm. Okay, I'm going to keep it quick and simple because. I, you know, the problems this week was was my own. I'm just going to choose a bloody horror movie that I love. A Guilty Little Pleasure. It is a horror comedy, and it has Betty White in it. I don't know if that'll sell you on it. Yeah. It's called Lake Placid. Oh, now, I've now, seen this. I've seen this. Yeah, it is just one of those horror movies that if it comes on TV, I just have to watch it. I just am like, I'm going to keep watching it. Here it is. A man-eating crocodile spreads terror in a popular but calm vacation spot, Black Lake in Maine. A group of experts is called in to tackle the menace and help end its terror. It is a very funny horror movie. If you're just looking for something that's a little bit of a silly monster movie, I I cannot recommend Lake Placid enough. Betty White is phenomenal in it. All the actors are great in it. It's just a fun horror movie. It's got Bill Pullman in it, hasn't it? and Bridget Fonda and Oliver Platt. I watched it a while ago. 
uh, by, by that I mean like probably 20 years ago. I really enjoyed it. I watched it on video when we used to rent videos in the olden days. Honestly, you could probably watch it again and be like, ah, oh, this is great. Don't waste your time with any of the other ones after that. Just watch the first one. Don't oh, is go there into two, ones? three, four, five. Oh, yeah. I think it was up to seven right now. Oh, God. Uh, don't waste your time, everyone. The first one will give you all that you need. <laughs> <laughs> Lake Placid. Yeah. Okay, Alison, thank you very much. Well, we've covered a lot of ground in television, haven't we? Mainly me moaning about my own choices. That says a lot about <laughs> me, doesn't it? Oh, I, I, I was made to watch... You weren't made to watch any of those films, Jen. You chose them. I could have stopped watching it and started watching a better film, but no, I ploughed on through. <laughs> I'm like that with books. I'm like that with books. I hate this book. This book's crap. Better, better read all of it. Oh, well, never mind. <laughs> hey, speaking of books and cultural things... Oh, cultural Cultural things. corner. Maureen's, Maureen Younger's Cultural Corner. And now it's going to be Maureen's Cultural uh-huh. Corner. I haven't started it, Maureen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again. <laughs> it's Cultural Corner time. We're going black and white silent movies. Uh, I'm just going to do two, uh, keep it keep it short. A Battleship Pachomkin, which was made in 1925 by Sergei Eisenstein, one of the most famous Soviet uh, film directors. And it was made to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the unsuccessful revolution in 1905. And if lacking like, the top list of best films ever made, it will always feature in one. The story is a mutiny on the Battleship Pachomkin and has this rising effect on the townsfolk of Odessa. And then what you see is the massacre of the civilians by the Tsarist authorities. And it's a great movie. It's propaganda. It's, you know, propaganda was considered quite positive at the time. Obviously, the officers and the, uh, the church don't come out very well. The workers do. Surprise, surprise. And you've got to remember that in the 1920s, when this was made, they used silent movies. The Soviet authorities used silent movies to get propaganda out to a population that was illiterate for the most part. There was 100 languages in the country, 1,000 dialects. So it was actually a perfect medium. And they send these little trains around. So you can imagine for a Russian peasant who doesn't even have electricity to get in a train and then they're watching these films. It was just out of the world for them. And they're really well done. And the thing about Soviet directors, they were really into montage, which is basically editing, because they realised you can manipulate what people think they're seeing. And there's a classic scene in this, the Odessa Steps, which has been like in the Untouchables, they do homage to that. When you see the pram going down the steps, that's basically nicked from the Odessa Steps scene. Um, so if you, even if you don't watch the film, just put Odessa Steps in YouTube and watch it. It's, it's just amazing. So you see the soldiers and you see them from the back. So they just see like, they're like the faceless forces of authority just going around killing people. So they're, you don't see their faces, you just see them from the back, as I say. And then their shadows, kind of, they're like, they look like teeth. So it looks like the jaws of death are just approaching the, the citizens. And then you see this woman carrying her dead son and they, she gets shot and they step over a body. And then you have the pram scene, the pram going down the steps. And they do very clever things with the montage. So at one point you see a Cossack soldier and you see him cutting somebody with his sabre. But actually what you, what you don't realise when you're watching it, the arm only goes forward, never backward. So it looks more violent. If you're really into cinema, I would suggest watching it. It's, it's a bit slow maybe for modern tastes, particularly at the beginning, but it's a really interesting film, particularly for that scene alone. So definitely worth watching. Have either of you seen it? No, I, I haven't. Oh, but, but Soviet films, if, there's other ones. Man with If you're really into film, Man with the Movie Camera is brilliant. Earth, Mother and October, which is also by Eisenstein, 10 Days That Shook the World. And often when they're doing documentaries about the Re- Russian Revolution, they will actually steal clips from his movie, which was made 10 years afterwards, because it looks like a documentary film when they rush into the Winter Palace. The other one is Metropolis, which is a German film by Fritz Lang, who was Austrian, uh, made in 1927. It's probably one of the most famous silent movies. It may well be the first science fiction uh, feature film. 
and it's quite expressionist. So the story is basically of this what seems to be a beautiful world where the rich, you know, have a great time and they're enjoying their lives. But underneath, there's an underworld where the workers are mistreated and exploited. So think Brexit Britain. And it, actually, there's some great images. I mean, honestly, the workers are literally cogs, the actual cogs in the machine. And then the privileged young man, Freda, who's played by uh, then a very well-known German comic uh, actor called Gustav Fröhlich. Um, he's the son of the city master and he, he actually discovers what's going on underneath because he's unaware of it. And he, he's trying to help the workers. And there's this woman called Maria, who's kind of a, a force to be reckoned with among the workers. And he kind of befriends her. His father isn't so very happy about this, not surprising. And there's a probably famous image, even if you haven't watched the movie, when Maria's likeness is put onto a robot. You've probably seen that robot face with the kind of like looks like headphones it's a very famous image because there's this mad scientist who, who wants to uh, ruin maria's reputation by making this robot and pretending it's maria so it's a really um i think it was the most expensive german film at the time it, it cost a fortune at the time but it's a really interesting film and it's definitely worth a watch and when you watch it bear in mind it was made in 1927 it really seems modern you just can't believe how well made it's done and the ideas um Obviously, it's a black and white silent movie, but you feel like it could have been made any any time now, actually, the way it's done. It's it's brilliant. Totally recommend those two movies. Maureen, thank you so much. And also, I think we're of an age now where we've had the talkies for such a long time that we've a lot of um, silent cinema has been forgotten. Where, where, If you wanted to watch these, where, where would you be able to, to access them? To be honest, I didn't check, but you might be able to get them on Prime or, um, I mean, to be honest, they're probably on YouTube somewhere. But all buy them, buy the DVDs. Um, I would guess the BFI would probably have them or something. The BFI would almost certainly have them, and you could go online on the to the BFI shop if you don't live near London. Uh, or even if you do, why would you go in? You can just buy it online. That's what the online is for. And then also buy yourself a DVD player. And while I'm at it, I'm not going to go into it. If you can get it, I've been trying to get it. Window to Paris, which was made in the 90s. Absolutely brilliant, like uh, brilliant play, uh, brilliant film about... Um, somebody's window in in Russia in the Soviet Union, and they open it and they get into they can go into Paris through their window. But it's a really it's a really great movie. That sounds great. Window to Paris um, reminds me of one of my favourite children's television programmes, Mr. Ben. Oh, used to love Mr. Ben. And then he'd always come back and he'd have something in his pocket to remind him of his adventures. Oh God, it's really telling our age now. <laughs> Who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim. Can we stand by that, everyone? <laughs> and now we are nearing the end of the podcast. Uh, boo-hoo. Not boo-hoo. This is my favourite part. What the hell's got your goat? What's got my goat? I'll tell you what's got my goat. It is the summer here in Be Right On, Brighton. And as you know, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but I like to go to the beach to swim. That's something I like to do. And I've discovered now that it is absolutely intolerable to go anytime past nine o'clock in the morning. And I'll tell you why. Other human beings. Now, look, I think it's fair to say live and let live, blah, blah, blah. But if you, as an individual, make your way to where I live in Brighton, to a place that I love and I use the seafront and the beach, every day if you're going to come please could you not use it like it's a toilet please could you not leave your shit and i mean that literally your actual shit on the beach could you please use the toilets could you please pick up your bottles your cans of fosters your pop chip 
packets and stick them in a fucking bin, you animals. What the fuck is wrong with you? Do you take a shit in the middle of your living room? I don't think so. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm saying, and, and, and it's not just Brighton. You might go anywhere. You might be going to the Lake District. You might go to Bournemouth. You might go to Inverness. I don't know. But if you're going, wherever you're going, please, 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 be base just basic respect isn't it is it basic respect for where other people are even where you live would you just drop shit on the floor if you are you're an animal what's the matter with you you need to kick up the bum stop it it's disgusting and to the group of men who were eyeballing my tits while i was trying to get undressed on saturday morning can you go fuck yourself okay like literally some guy yes there was a bit of side boob showing that's a hat it's impossible to get undressed and dressed without a little bit of side boob popping out. But if you need to stick that in the wank bank, fine, do it. But don't come up to me to stare at me and my tits. I've only got two. Have these men not had the memo? We've, we've come a long way, even in the last 18 months. Have you not had the Me Too memo? You don't rugby tackle your friend to the floor so he can look at my tits. And by the way, they're not even interesting tits. They're not good tits. There are better tits out there. That's not the point I'm trying to make, by the way. That doesn't mean you should go and look at other women's tits. My point is, for God's sake, get a grip, mate. Anyway, that's what got my goat. Two separate issues. One about litter, one about some pervy guy trying to look at my boobs. Um, other than that, I feel quite zen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well what a delight uh this week's podcast has been as always i like to look at your three heads uh your disembodied heads in my screen uh let's hope we can do this again next week well i don't see why we wouldn't be able to i mean unless armageddon happens don't even test it <laughs> women talking bollocks Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed today's episode, leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content and we'd love you to join us there. Join us. <laughs> Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.